Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Episode 153. Let's just get right into it, dive into the fun. Derek, are you ready? No, or, 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 or maybe I should say this way. Maybe I should say this way. In in the typical D Generation X way. Derek, are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? There you go. There's your your D-Generation X. (laughs) Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, D-Generation X proudly brings to you its tag team champion of the world, Chris, the man Featherstone, dynamic, debacle, Derek. Ooh, let's get ready to... (laughs) Wow, there you go. (laughs) You just came up with those uh, gimmick names uh, just right off the top of your head. All right, there's your your promo right there. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody who's listening, this guy is a former pro wrestler. So, um, you know, so so promos from the top of his head, you know, is is, is something that he was taught in the, uh, the, the mean streets of Heartland Wrestling Association. So, you know, uh, who 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 taught you? Who was your promo guy in HWA? Who HWA. Taught you he taught me promos was a guy named Les Thatcher. Not yeah. a very well known guy in wrestling as far as smarts go, but if you're in the business, you know who the you know who Les Thatcher is. Um, mm-hmm. Cody Hawk, Les Thatcher's golden boy. He was the one who ran the school at the time. He taught me everything I need to know. There's a number of people. Like I've had a, I'm so blessed to be in the class that I was in. 
I mean, you've got Dean Ambrose was there, John Moxley. And you've got uh, Sean Ricker, who was in NXT. He was in um, The Hero, the reality show that's hosted by The Rock. I mean, it's yeah, it's mindless, the people that I was with, that's gone on to be successful. Uh, there's a recent one, uh, Hardcore Heather Owen. She was uh, in a dark match on Monday Night Raw. I mean, it was, it was a great class that I was with. And uh, Cody Hawk trained us. I love – I could almost – I want to try to get him on this show. The reason yeah. being is he is absolutely – he's tearing it up in Lima right now with war wrestling. And uh, a lot of people are tearing up Lima, Ohio with war wrestling. I'm not getting told to talk about this, but, I mean, they are tearing it up with the independent scene. And uh, they've got everything you'd ever want. A live show. Al Snow started it back in the day. I don't know how much he has with it still, but, I mean, it's something that, you know, there's still professional wrestling out there today, ladies and gentlemen. But, yeah, my promo guy, Les Thatcher. I got to give a big hands out to him. Harley Race, he was another one that touched my life that, you know, kind of took me aside and told me what to do. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, same thing. He gave me my first hip toss, told me twice I was doing it wrong. The third time I got it right. This is Professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, pancakes and power slam. Yes, sir. Nice little trip down memory lane there, man. It's great to have you. And then there is the current state of the WWE. Hey, y'all. Speaking of pancakes, part of pancakes and power slams, uh, I was able to squeeze in some free pancakes today from IHOP. And um, IHOP isn't getting uh, isn't paying me to say this, but uh, IHOP's pancakes are phenomenal, and I got free pancakes today from IHOP for National Pancake Day. Um, uh, so yeah, so it, it's uh, it was a good experience. Uh, you know, I, I definitely found, I found out about this morning, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's I know it's like a Every every year thing to uh, just to raise money to support charities, um, and I think uh, within the past ten years they've uh, they've raised uh, sixteen sixteen million about sixteen million dollars. So that's really cool. So uh, so yeah, I, I was at the gym and and I, I left the gym to. Tried to squeeze in some free pancakes before the show, and I was successful at doing it, so I was happy that I did. And I was happy that uh, I was happy that I, I did go to get some free pancakes because I usually like blueberry pancakes, and I also like uh, Cinestack pancakes from from I like blueberry pancakes. Period. But I like Cinestack pancakes from my hop. They remind me of like cinnamon uh, cinnabon and cinnamon rolls, and they're absolutely delicious. But yeah, I, I was glad that I went, and uh, it was free, and I was able to squeeze it between uh, the gym and the show. So, kudos to my experience today at IHOP. I waited about a half an hour to get a seat because it was so uh, packed. Um, but yeah, it, it was worth it, and uh, I ate, and it was good. So, there you go. In in, in honor of uh, you know raising charity. I'm just uh, giving a bunch of people free advertisement today. But it's worth it 
like I said, for the for the sake of uh, uh, giving money to charity, you know, hey, you, that's free advertisement that I don't mind doing any day. So, kudos to IHOP and kudos to uh, HWA and War Wrestling and all the names that you mentioned uh, uh, that are just storming the Indies right now. So, yeah, well, we, you know, we'll have. You know, all time we we've had any wrestlers on the show before. So, like we've said before, I mean this this show is almost three years old. I mean, we reach tens of thousands of people a week. So, don't be afraid to. Uh, I mean, we we have just a string of inquiries, but uh, you know, don't be afraid to submit your your email. Don't don't submit. Don't be afraid to submit your inquiry at Crave Wrestling uh, at Gmail dot com or through the Crave Wrestling Facebook page through message just send us a message and um you know i'm a pr major so i check social media like all the time uh so yeah don't don't worry about a long response from me uh so yeah don't don't be afraid to it like i said um i'm gonna get back on my uh shout out um all my weekly shout outs we've been so busy with just uh uh the 150th episode and and getting ready for the three-year episode, we'll pick that back up in, in a, a few weeks. Uh, speaking of the three-year episode, next week we'll be uh, announcing some 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 awesome things coming up the pike. And uh, be sure to pay attention to pancakes and power slams. I'm sure you do already, but pay close attention. I don't know if you like certain parts of the show. Uh, when you listen to it live, and when you listen to it again on iTunes, uh, but be sure to pay attention to the full ninety minutes. Because first of all, ninety minutes is never enough, and second of all, we've got some really, really good announcements coming up here. A big, big, big name that we'll be interviewing for our three-year anniversary. So very excited about that, and some more names coming too. So be sure to pay attention. So Derek, I'm going to. Break the ice with uh, some 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 Black History Month trivia, and and like I said, last last week uh, we were still, um, you know, we, we didn't get to finish our our Black History Month trivia, so uh, I, I got some a few questions left for Black History trivia, and then we'll we'll get back into our pancakes and power slams trivia. So this guy was named the Pearl River Powerhouse. Ahmed Johnson. Who could forget that guy? He was a powerhouse for at least a year in WWE. Went to WCW, didn't do a whole lot. Ahmed Johnson, he was an absolute powerhouse. I mean, he took the WWE by storm. The short amount of time that he was there, he was a big name and you couldn't rival it. Absolutely. I wonder what he's up to. I think his name is Tony Johnson. I wonder what he's up to now. Oh, we could get him on the show. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. He he's uh he's not looking the best. Um but you know, he he's uh he's he's went up in age and you know, um he doesn't have the 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 wrestling uh I guess the wrestling pressure to stay in a certain uh, physique, 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was a big Ahmed Johnson fan back in the day, um, for sure. And he was actually one of my favorites in the mid-90s, uh, mid to late-90s, actually around 97, 96, as, when he became real popular. Uh, won the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, this this guy, they really, really wanted to do some things with Ahmed Johnson. Then he got so injury-prone, and... Um, you know, after that, he he unfortunately he just uh, just never really got to make it. You know, he's like fifty fifty one now, something like that. But he he was wrestling for a while. I think Moabib or Moadib was when when he was um, when he first started uh, uh, wrestling. As far as TV is concerned. I remember the uh, uh, the Global Wrestling Federation. He was he was Moadib, and uh, then you know of course '95. Uh, you know he 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 was a babyface, and Ahmed Johnson slammed Yokozuna. I remember all that. He was a, he was a big he was a big guy. He he won the Intercontinental Championship um, less than a year after he came. I mean he he was the first African American Intercontinental Champion. How about that? I mean, it's in '96, uh, so 1979 was the uh, inception of the Intercontinental Championship, and you know what? 17 years later, <laughs> it took it took 17 years for a black guy to win the, the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know exactly what's that what that's saying, but uh, kudos to Ahmed Johnson. But yeah, I mean, '96 was his year. '95, '95 and '96 uh, was was two huge years for 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 Ahmed Johnson. And then I think the pivotal moment is when they had him join the nation. I think that that was a horrible, horrible idea. Um, but they were still kind of, you know, uh, they, they were they were pinging they were pinning him for uh, to 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 go against the Undertaker. Um, there, there have been rumors spreading around for the past 20 years that he's actually one of the people who he, he was supposed to be an, a, a, an opponent for the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So, whether or not he beat him, you know, was you know uh, was, is up in the air. Is still up for you know was 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 still a heavy discussion and within the years. But he was strongly considered to be an opponent for for the Undertaker. Um, but just, just Ahmed Johnson as a heel was just, uh, it was, uh, it was a bad, bad decision. It was really, really a bad decision because people were so used to the double knee pad, red, uh, you know, weird looking red tights that, you know, for some reason he had the meanest wedgies. It was, it was absolutely crazy. How the, the, the mean wedgies that he would have. I'm like, man, just pull your shorts down. <laughs> just so we, just I, there would be so many times as a teen in the mid '90s that I was just like, man, pull your down. I know that you feel it. It's just it's, it makes me uncomfortable. But yeah, I, I, obviously he was so it was so much adrenaline. I guess he forgot his pants were up his butt. But yeah, it was he was he he was the man back in in '96. Uh, but yeah, towards the latter part of the '90s, just injury prone and the heel turn, just oh, bad news. It, it, it just didn't make sense. And his and his his 
stint in in, in uh, WCW was just forgettable. It, it was just it was so it, it was so embarrassing and just total. I mean, he like he looked like he gained like a hundred pounds and just started teaming up with the the Stevie Ray version of Harlem Heat and oh, it was just absolutely horrible. Um, and I think his weight actually uh, caused him to be released by uh, WCW because he just lost it. I mean, he was in, you know, he was a big, swole shape. Um, he was a, a, you know, just a, a, a brute in, in the WWE, but WCW, he, he lost it. Um, I would definitely like to, I would definitely like to bring him on the show just to, just to see, um, yeah, just 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 to see uh where exactly where he is with that. So Yep. Uh very very interesting Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, Ahmed Johnson. I mean, the thing about him was uh when he went to WCW, it was it was like he was never there. Almost kind of like I want to con- compare it to when Bret Hart went to WCW. Not a big mm-hmm. deal. When it should have been a big deal, and that's where uh, WCW kind of lost some of its weight. They didn't have people to fall back on because they just didn't invest any time in it. But WCW was what they were back in the day, and I'm not going to discredit them for anything. But I'm at Johnson for the fact that yeah, the wedgie thing. We <laughs> got in the uh, the chat room. He always had that breathe right strip on his nose. I remember that specifically. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So, but, I remember the strip too. <laughs> he, I mean, he was a powerhouse. Yep. That's all it was. But uh, I mean, you almost compare that to like an Ezekiel Jackson or somebody. Yeah. Of, uh, now, yeah. but you know, Ahmed Johnson, whoever he is today, I'm, I'll never forget Ahmed Johnson. He was for Black History Month, especially. I mean, that guy could have done everything, and I wouldn't have thought any different. You know, just wow. Yeah. Of course, this guy deserves a title. I mean, he was that good, but you know, Powers of B didn't see it that way, and maybe he wasn't fit for it. But who knows? Yeah, he had a really he had a really really cool theme music. I always remember that theme music. Absolutely cool. Um, that was hard. Yeah, <laughs> that was hard. I mean, it really was. I mean, it was just like steel on steel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was really he was really cool. Just that that doom 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 boom boom Yeah, I always always remember that. It was yeah, absolutely really really cool. Um, that's uh, that that music and just just period. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for. One more trivia question. Um, one more, Woo! one more trivia question. Uh, and this is for Derek. And of course, we uh, are live on RealWrestling.net, um, and and it's going to be uh, super, super fun there. Uh, so go on to RealWrestling.net uh, for your fix of. Uh, wrestling news and uh, oh yeah, also another announcement. I'm also I am uh, newly acquired a position to be a writer for 
pwmania.com. So uh, definitely one of the, the top uh, wrestling websites uh, in, in, the, in the nation, pwmania.com. So um, I accepted a position to be a writer there. So I've been uh, writing for pwmania.com for um, about a week, close to a week. And um, great people over there. Great, great, great people over there. So um, I'm happy to be a part of the PW Mania family. So be sure to check them out for the latest news and and articles and editorials, pwmania.com, and, of course, my boys over at uh, wearewrestling.net. So next trivia question, Black History Month. Black History Month. What year did Ron Simmons debut in the WWE? What year did Ron Simmons Debut in the WWE. Uh, as for Ruth. Mm-hmm. As for Ruth. 1995. You are incorrect. 96. 96, yes, 96. It was one of the two, doggone it. So, okay. Yep. Sonny was the manager. He was a Farouk Assad. He, he was. He had like a <laughs> helmet. He was yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> he was I, was... I was so upset at Farouk Assad. I, I, I just... This the whole gimmick. Being such a Ron Simmons fan. And like I said... Everybody, you know, like I've told everybody so many times, you know, I was a big Ron Simmons mark, you know, especially when he won the uh, uh, the, the, the NWA, <clears throat> WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And I was so happy that he won. I, I didn't like him when he was a doom. Um, but, you know, I was... I was a, I was a, a teenager, and I was I was I was a kid at the time, and and Doom were uh, heels, and I didn't like heels. Well, I didn't like most heels. Um, so you know he 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 did his job well, but yeah, when he was the All American Ron Simmons, and he was uh, competing in the NWA, you know, in the late eighties, uh, fan of Ron Simmons. Um, but yeah, when he came back as uh, you know the, the popular baby face, I was a big fan. And when he won, I mean that that is my one of my personal favorite moments of all time. I mean, just top three favorite moments of all time is when uh, Ron Simmons won the the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But somehow Vince McMahon, with all the lineage that he had, former world champion, brings him in as some type of weird looking. You know, powder blue gladiator, and somehow that was going to work out. It was horrible, but one thing that it did do was I think it was I think it was instrumental in killing the career uh, of at least taking the steam away from Ahmed Johnson. And you know, the feud was just kind of lackluster. It was you know, it could have been good, but it was lackluster, and ah, wasn't a big fan of it at all. So, but. At least Farouk ended up getting, uh, you know, his his saving grace was APA because the whole nation of domination. It was, you know, that was cool, I suppose, 
But that was still a limited gimmick to me by any means necessary, blah, blah, blah. You know, he had Intercontinental Championships. Uh, he, he had opportunities. He never won, he never won a, uh, a singles title in the WWE, interestingly enough. But Intercontinental ch- Championship opportunities. I remember he feuded with The Undertaker a little bit for the World Heavyweight Championship. So he had his opportunities. He just never managed to, to capitalize on any of them. He feuded with Austin for the Intercontinental Championship and The Rock as well. So he 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 were in the he 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 was in the right positions, but he just never you know they never gave him the championship. Interestingly enough, but APA was just a total overhaul from all of that, and it really helped his career in the WWE. Oh, it helped us a lot. And in APA, I will never forget. And of course, he's got his trademark. Damn. And uh, that's great. It wasn't what probably his crowning achievement was, but with the WWE's concerned, I mean, that was nobody can say that Farouk was a was a nobody. He wasn't a nobody. I mean, he was APA. I, I can't. I can't say how much I love Ron Simmons. I remember his WCW title. When he came in as Farouk, it was kind of stupid. But, uh, I mean, he really turned that around, or the creative turned it around, but he made that character work. He made it awesome. I love it. He still has it. And uh, especially when they had their uh, APA was backstage. They were playing poker, drinking beer, smoking cigars. And uh, they had this makeshift door, and somebody would knock on it, and they'd hire him for a job, and they'd go in and do whatever. I mean, that was absolute genius. Nobody else could pull that off as well as Ron Simmons did. And it was absolute genius. Loved it, loved it, loved it. This WWE career has nothing to be frowned upon, so. Yeah. Yeah, certainly certainly the the – Certainly the uh, APA version of his career definitely saved a lot for him, for What's sure. The, so. for? the Acolyte Protection Agency. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. And it's so, you know what's so funny about that is that, you know, their whole Acolyte thing was weird because they were with the, 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 the Ministry of Darkness, the Undertaker, and just the the acol the going from the acolytes and you know having weird symbols painted on their chest to just the APA you know just bodyguards and it, it was it, I, I liked it a lot it was it was really cool it was a very very interesting transition and it worked like no other and it really it helped JBL too because JBL was kind of you know when he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw and. You know, um, when he just became and it became Blackjack Bradshaw, and then just Bradshaw, and he was kind of floating through gimmicks too, and finally landing on one really good with the APA. It really helped him excel to a, a worthy world champion. You know, he had a when he had his uh, the WWE. It was really interesting that they decided to give him such a major, major push. Um, as a total overhaul from the APA, cut his hair, became, you know, really kind of um, just almost a complete 180 from his character. Uh, you know, the businessman, 
and the whole you know stock market and, and just the bells ringing and the you know the corporate song and it was it was a really cool gimmick and it worked it worked really really good and you know he was champ for about a year and yeah it J, the JBL character worked very very good and he had some really good feuds with uh, Booker T and the Undertaker and uh Rey Mysterio and um uh, he had a he had feuds with uh um the Big Show the, him and the Big Show was uh had a good feud too so yeah i mean he he, he, you know, he was he was really good. He 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 was a really really good uh, hand for the the, the WWE during uh, the the mid two thousands and yeah, uh, it worked. I, I think it worked. Next trivia question for you. Next trivia question for you. What year Coco Beware debut? What year? Did Coco Beware debut, Derek? Nineteen eighty-seven. Uh no, he was way. He, I didn't say the WWE, and he, he he debuted. Yes, that, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, that was way before uh, eighty-seven. Well, he debuted in the W. He he w, no he w, he debuted in WWE in '86. Um, but you know he was with the PYT and Staggerly and all of that. Okay, you know, just uh, that Coco was beware. beware until WWE. No, 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 no. He 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 was Staggerly. Uh, and he also was, yeah, he was, he, he was, he was still, um, he started calling call himself Coco Beware. I think he was in, he was still in the Mid-South when he was, uh, when he called himself, uh, Coco Beware. Okay, so, 1980. So that was like 85, yeah. 1985. So, yeah, but it was still 187, though. Yeah, well, you said okay. Well, you know that's a two-part question. So, no, he he did not. He it was not eighty-seven. Eighty-seven was totally the wrong answer. But as far as Coco Beware is concerned, if if you want to, you know, if you want to go semantics on me, that was still not eighty-seven. It was eighty-five. You know, he debuted uh, as a wrestler in, in seventy-eight. So. Yeah, Coco Beware, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of people still, to this day, it's, it's so crazy that to this day, so many people just believe that he is like the worst person to ever step foot in the Hall of Fame. And speaking of that, the, uh, the uh, flavor of the week this week was uh, is going to be the uh, 1994 Hall of Fame, the, the first one the WWE presented. But it's. It, the funny thing about that is the guy never had a world uh, he never had a championship in the WWE at all never ever won a championship and what i think it was coco had a good uh, good 7 year run 
a solid seven year run uh because toward the late toward the late eighties mid nineties toward the late eighties to the early nineties he still had a pretty nah, i wouldn't say in the early nineties i would still say about late eighties um he he had a pretty good run uh he was very very popular in the late eighties but he never rose above the mid card i mean he never was a guy to really be nothing but a gimmick. He was he was one hundred percent full gimmick, full 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 gimmick, and never had he he never had any type of real big you know moment in the WWE as far as championship is concerned. Um. You know, the, of course, the Powell Driver song, you know, with with the Slammy Awards back in the early, late 80s. But that's really it. And he had a mean Powell Driver. He had a really mean Powell Driver. But I would say probably one of his defining moments is actually getting tombstoned by The Undertaker, which is sad. But, yeah, I mean, Coco Beware never had any type of championship. But for some reason, the WWE decided to... Decided to put him in the Hall of Fame. It's still, uh, to me, that's still a head scratcher. I mean, you can't take away from just the career of Coco Beware. You can, you can't take away from it. In his time in the Mid South, the NWA, I, I get it. But really, the only major championship that he won was a championship in the uh, United States Wrestling Association, the USWA. He won a world championship there, and that was it. And I suppose that you can say that USWA was a major title. You know, it had some lineage to it. I suppose it, it was it was around for you know what ten years or so. And that's really the only title that he had that was a world title. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think that he should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I don't think I could see Coco Beware uh, beating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. So, in the Hall of Fame, I, no, I don't want to take away from it, because, yeah, even back in the day when Coco Beware was in his heyday, and I was a, you know, elementary kid, no, he was not the uh, guy that I'd look to, and I didn't, I wasn't in love with Coco Beware. I mean, he was great, and he had Birdman, he had Frankie, his parrot, yeah, I couldn't see, no. I don't see that him yeah. being a Hall of Famer, so I mean, we'll just uh, say no. But yeah, again, I don't see him ever being anything bigger than USWA or anything yeah. of that nature. Nothing against Coco yeah. Beware, but just the way, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I agree. I I, to- I totally agree. And it's like, you know, again, you're you're right. Nothing against Coco Beware. But he was just never booked to be nothing but a cheesy gimmick. Nothing. I mean, never. He, he was. He was like. It's not. It's not like he ever had like some big push that just failed. He was just always booked to be just have a cheesy, feel good gimmick that worked in the eighties and and. Yeah, I mean, but he's been in the in the WWE Hall of Fame for six years now. Somebody had to, I don't know who decided on that, but, I mean, 
hey, you can't you can't take it away from him. So you know he he can say that he's a WWE Hall of Famer, and there's a lot of people who haven't made it yet, but Coco's in there. So I want know. to see the Mount- long career, the Mountie, the Mountie, uh, big boss. You said man. the Mountie, the Mountie. Uh, oh, oh absolutely, absolutely, absolute, absolute the boss man. Yes, earthquake. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't know about John Tenta. I don't know about John Tenta. We, we talked about that last year. As far as we we went, we went on what a three or four week series about uh, Hall of Famers, and I think we're going to bring that back and bring some more names coming up here in, in, in the coming weeks leading to the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I eh, I don't know about Tenta. I, I'm up in the air about Tenta for sure. Um. I don't know. I, I, I'm just I'm up in the air about about Tenta whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, great name, Bull Nakano. Absolutely, absolutely. We are Wrestling dot net live stream. Uh, be there, be square. Uh, go in that chat room, the Pancakes and Power Slams live stream on RealWrestling dot net. Um, and also for anyone who didn't hear, uh, PWMania dot com, uh, Report dot com. Those are all. Areas that are right, you know, those those are all companies are right for. Those are the the companies to get all your news from. And currently, uh, and, and hey, you know, we are wrestling dot net or uh, we are, we are wrestling dot net is an amazing group of people. Um, that's uh, you know, we have fun there every week of the Pancakes and Power Slams live stream, and we just have a lot of fun. And there's always really cool comments of people who know they're wrestling, like people saying that Bull Nakano should be in the Hall of Fame. That's absolutely right. I think that, and we'll get to the whole Alundra Blaze thing, because I don't think Alundra Blaze should be inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think Medusa should, but definitely not Alundra Blaze. I just, ugh. I, it, was, it was so funny, because my beautiful, uh, amazing wife was actually giving me a massage last night. As I was, uh, as we were looking at wrestling, and 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 uh, and when, when Alondra Blaze was inducted in, in in the Hall of Fame, I was sitting there like my wife was wondering why I was upset. I was like, I was literally upset that that Alondra Blaze was inducted in the Hall of Fame because uh, Medusa is in the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame, not not Alondra Blaze, but. We'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to give you one trivia question before we get to Raw. Trivia question is: Who carried a weight scale to the ring and built himself as 400 pounds? Once again, who carried a weight scale to the ring and built himself as 400 pounds? While you think about that, we'll be back on the other side with Raw. Here we go. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind, let's go. The whole squad is 
Making it clear, we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them to the max. And I'm that one with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself But you rap about your gas and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space, you can all skate Suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday raving Anticipating, I was frostbit Now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating, me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep You are what you speak, this too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trust in God We trust, pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power on, on the race Edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You through. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming. Steiner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And indeed, as I expected, the answers are just flooding these, uh, both the uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room and, of course, the We Are Wrestling on that live stream. Uh, you had a couple minutes to think about it, and I'm sure that you didn't need it. The answer, of course, is Crash Holly. Uh, the the innovator of the 24-7 rule. also have a comment here on the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Is Rick Martell in the Hall of Fame? No, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think that he should be, actually. I think that Rick Martell has a, <laughs> a much better resume than Coco Beware. He was AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, you know, he was a, a television champion in the WCW. I had some good feuds uh, in the WWE with Jake Roberts and uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, he had a very, very long uh, Royal Rumble uh, uh, showing uh, one year. And just the model gimmick was absolutely awesome. And so, yeah, uh, Rick Martel, I'd totally be okay with him being in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, um, you know, uh Tito Santana's in the Hall of Fame, so um, why not have Rick Martell in the Hall of Fame? All right, let's get to Raw. Seth Rollins in-ring promo, and as we say every every week, either John Cena, Triple H, The Authority. So either jo- John Cena, The Authority, or both. That's that's our that's our uh, our running joke every every week. I look for the first twenty minutes of Raw. To involve John Cena, the Authority, or both. This week, it was the Authority. Uh, 
awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I was looking, I was looking to to, to see that, and uh, Seth Seth Rollins' music came on. I was, you know, it gave me what I expected. So yeah, of course, and that leads to being interrupted by Roman Reigns, and you know, I, I was expecting for Roman Reigns to get uh, jeered in the in the smart crowd of Newark, New Jersey, but. I really like what they're doing with Roman Reigns. I, I just, I'm a Reigns apologist, and I've said this, you know, weeks after week after week after week on this show. I am a Roman Reigns apologist, not because he's a good wrestler, not because he's a good mic talker, not mic talker. It's because I am a traditional wrestling fan. I have been watching wrestling for over 30 years, and I. I'm a traditionalist. I'm I'm a traditionalist. I I'm all about just good booking and just really just getting back to the essence of the art of professional wrestling. Professional wrestling was never meant to be real. Like it was never meant to be a real sport. It was never been mean, meant to be something that people thought was real. And you know, I love the backstage parts i love the candid you know interviews i love that i love that a part of pro wrestling i'm cool with it but at the same time it's still you know not real and uh the thing is people get so engulfed with characters and people you know people think that they are just Real, it's so funny, real quick, real funny. Cena's just joined the authority so they can have the first hour to themselves. That is the comment of the night right there. Very true. But, you know, it's like we still have we have to appreciate what pro wrestling is. You know, it's not like a a real – I mean, it's pro wrestling is, is real as far as the, the, uh, the physicality of it. It's very, very real. Um, you know, I've trained to be a wrestler and – and Derek has actually wrestled in the independent, so, you know, <laughs> we both experienced the training part as far as the reality of pro wrestling is concerned. And so, real stuff. But at the same time, pro wrestling, the art of pro wrestling is all about characters, it's about the villains, it's about the good guys, the bad guys, the title changes, the turns, the swerves. It's all about that. So we can't lose that when we watch pro wrestling. And so that's the reason why I'm a Roman Reigns apologist because he is the quintessential just guy who he he's the next guy. He's he's the next push guy. And he's not even he doesn't even fit the mold of an essential good guy. You know, that that's been, you know, that that whole thing has been I guess passed on ever since really like Austin and even before then uh, when Raven was in the ECW, when he had his babyface runs, he was like a, a villainous babyface. And Jake Roberts was a really good, you know, he was one. He was a trendsetter of a a bad guy babyface. Um, and just names like that was just really helped. Uh, even even the Undertaker, the Undertaker was a bad guy babyface, and so. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Roman, but and it's so funny because you have so many bad guy baby faces over the past 25 years. Roman Reigns is a bad guy, you know, baby face, but people don't like him, and it's confusing to me. I, you know, people are so engulfed in, you know, people who can actually 
jump and do spots and wrestle, but give the guy some time, you know. And again, I will, I will forever, I will be an, I would ongoing Roman Reigns apologist because people just don't give the guy any time. He's only been wrestling for less than five years. He's only been in the WWE for two and a half. So you know, it's it's really unfair to to really bash someone who has only been in the company for two and a half years, and what do you expect he's going to do? Do you, do you expect for him to say, oh, no, Vince, oh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I, no, me, world champ, next guy, oh, no, no, I, I can't do that, Vince. Come on, guys. Of, of course you're not going to expect him to just, just, you know, reject the opportunity to be the next guy, to be the heir apparent to John Cena, some someone to be out of their minds if if they didn't accept that uh, that amazing opportunity to you know take three years to, you know take three years what it took someone fifteen to do so we just have to we have to be we we just have to be real when it comes to really character development and if they told Roman Reigns that he's going to be the next guy. They're going to do their best to protect him as a character. They're going to write for him. They're going to have him go to acting classes. They're going to train the heck out of him. I'm not even sure who trains Roman Reigns as far as um, a wrestler is concerned. I know that Anderson, of course, Bill DeMott, uh, and, and we'll talk about that on another time as far as the uh, Aaron Draven, the uh, the letter that was uh written by him from NXT, former NXT guy. That was that was crazy. But uh and, and I know that Fit Finley did a lot of training. And so, you know, the the Pete Norman Smiley does training as well. Uh Billy Gunn trains. So, uh, of course, you're going to have a good, you know, good solid wrestlers get behind him and train the heck out of him, out of him to evolve him as a character. And we I even said this last week. Look look at six months ago. Look look at Randy Orton and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam compared to, you know, last month when we saw Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. I mean, you're talking almost a, a full 180 difference. SummerSlam, he looked winded, and he, you know, his arsenal wasn't as uh, – he didn't have a, a, a wide array of of arsenal – I mean, the guy can wrestle. I mean, he he's not very – he's not – there's improvement that needs to be made, but I don't think you can really argue the pace of someone who's only been in the business as far as a main uh, – as far as mainstream is concerned for a few years. You, you really can't argue that. And, you know, for those people who just can't stand Roman Reigns, I, I think you have – I think you have a few who – uh, just don't like the fact that he's, you know, he he has a fast track of of be, being the top guy when they, you have people like Seth Rollins and you know Cesaro and a lot of our, uh, you know, a lot of other ROH alumni. It's taking them longer, of course. But, but the thing is, you can't really argue that if you have someone who's you know six four, two hundred sixty five pounds. You know he, he he's a, a a long stringy haired black you know black haired Samoan with his with his sleeve tattoo. I mean he looks like a champion. He looks like someone who 
the WWE want to put on posters everywhere. So you really can't argue that. So, you know, that's the reason why I'm a Roman Reigns apologist. Not because he's a good wrestler, not because he's a good talker. No, he, he's neither of those. However, he is he is a WWE machine. He's a WWE-manufactured wrestler. And I would even venture to say, wait for it, He's a better wrestler than John Cena, and John Cena has been the top guy for over a decade. So that's the reason why I don't get the haters of Roman Reigns. I really don't understand what they're hating on. And I think the things that they are hating on, I think it's just kind of uh, I think it's just kind of a bruise to them that uh, he's stepping in line before their, you know, their their poster, their IWC poster boys. And so there's my shoot towards that. Well, let's just shoot towards that. And I absolutely agree. I mean, Roman Reigns, I didn't like him for a while. It's not that I didn't like him so much as I didn't think that, you know, he's not he's not John Cena material yet. He's not the Undertaker material yet. But you've got him. He's there. I mean, this has been an absolute 360 since the Royal Rumble, which was only a few weeks ago. And I can see that. I want to say the same thing. You don't want to be a, a Roman Reigns hater. I don't want to be a Seth Rollins hater. Because for me, he has really I've gotten so much more interested in him in the past few weeks. And the same thing with Roman Reigns. I mean, these guys have really just really taken it up a notch. And I can get that. And uh, with the Roman Reigns, you know, not being, uh, being the top guy and I Give him, give me a break. Are you kidding me? Look at this guy. Look at what he's done. I mean, the body of his wrestling. Forget about it. He's doing great. He's he can outperform John Cena if he wants to, which I think that's going to be from maybe SummerSlam, maybe King of the Ring, something. They're gonna they're gonna infuse those two together. Seth Rollins and I have ripped him on this program, Pancakes and Power Slams. That guy is making me happy. He has really come out of – he's still monotone. I don't like the way he talks. Because, John Stewart, you like the Daily Show. Well, I'm still the Daily Show, and I'm going to make this work, and you're just a big nobody. I'm a big bully. I'm going to make – he's great. He's doing a great job for himself. And you can't say more about Roman Reigns. I mean, he's doing what the WWE wants him to do. He's doing what the fans want him to do. I don't boo those guys anymore because for the fact that there's a future with them, I can see a future with them. But it just depends on the state of the WWE. Are they going to still, like, say six months from now, take John Cena? Maybe John Cena takes a break for a while after WrestleMania. He comes back. And everything WWE is John Cena again. Hmm. I hope not. Because Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, they need their time. They need their way to make it. And I really think they can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still have my apprehensions about Seth Rollins. Not Tyler Black, but Seth Rollins. Like I've said this many times on on the show before, I was a Tyler Black mark uh, in, in Ring of Honor and maybe because I'm 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 hurt inside because I I just I don't like this Marvel comic villain esque 
I just don't like this Seth Rollins character. It just seems it just seems too Weasley. He's being overshadowed a lot of times by the authority. I just don't like it. I mean, I I, I don't like Seth Rollins as a character. I like Seth Rollins as a heel in the Shield. I think it was great. I don't like Seth Rollins as a heel now, just because you know I don't think his I don't think his character is really. I don't think his character is being maximized right now with where he's at. With the J&J security, you know, I don't know how long that's going to last. And just, you know, still, he's kind of breaking out of the authority, but he's kind of not because he's with Big Show and Kane, you know, all the time. Uh, I think it's pretty inevitable that Randy Orton's Randy, Randy Orton is going to put him over at, at WrestleMania, and I, I actually, as much as a, I'm not a Seth Rollins fan, I want Seth Rollins to beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania because that would really help Seth Rollins' character um, get over better. Uh, and, I, and that's my, my big thing is I want Seth Rollins to be over. I want his character to be over. But there's nothing about Seth Rollins to me right now that just spews main eventer. I just don't like it. His mic work is, I mean, his his athleticism is is impeccable. He's one of the best wrestlers on the roster. That goes without saying. But just I just don't see money in Seth Rollins, and I still I still stand by that. And I told Ryan. Uh, one of our uh, correspondents here on Pancakes and Power Slams, good friend of mine. We talk wrestling all the time, and I told him, I said, you know, he's he's trying to get me over. He's a big Seth Rollins fan, and he's trying to get me over to the other side as far as Seth Rollins is concerned. Um, but I'm I just, I'm not, on, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Seth Rollins as a character. Maybe I'll be sold if he cashes in the money in the bank. Maybe that'll just be something new and fresh when he does that. But eh, I'm just not sold on Seth Rollins as a character. Not let me let me put it this way: I'm not sold on Seth Rollins as a main event character. Now, if he was feuding with a with a mid card title. I think it would be good. Uh, actually, I would prefer that. I, th- I think if they give him that type of build, what, like what they're doing with Ambrose, I think that'll help Seth Rollins. But just to become a heel and then fresh off his heel turn, I mean, he was he was not the main event guy of the Shield in, in the first place, and just kind of you know right after his heel turn, freshly having won Money in the Bank and just. You know, I I just wasn't just wasn't sold on that. So, you know, hopefully I can be convinced otherwise. Like I said, I was a I was a Tyler Black mark in in ROH and in the Indies. Um, see here 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 you go here you go. Awesome awesome comment here. Seth has too many fans for him to be a true heel. And see that exactly that is exactly my point. Like. You know, make him make him a, a babyface, and I've said this. I even I even told you know a lot of my friends this. I think that by the time SummerSlam comes around, Seth Rollins has to be a babyface. I want to see Seth Rollins Triple H at SummerSlam. I I think it would be so important for Seth Rollins' career if you know if. Uh, if he cashes in the money in the bank, 
Uh, if they do kind of like a Randy Orton thing, he's getting too big for the group type of type of deal. He wins the world title in the cash in. They they turn their back on him, and you know, I don't want to see Reigns turn turn heel, but maybe he. Maybe he's feuding with someone. Maybe Ambrose goes to the authority, or maybe someone like that goes to the authority. Sheamus would be a good. Uh, they they're, they're, they they want to give Sheamus a big heel push. So Sheamus versus uh, Seth Rollins for the title would be would be totally okay for me. If they gave Sheamus the title and and had him turn heel and join the authority, be a big heel. I'll be I'll be okay with that. But the point of the matter is. I want to see Seth Rollins versus Triple H at 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 SummerSlam. Seth Rollins is a face. I call him Jeff Hardy 2.0 because he, you know, he will get those Jeff Hardy pops. Um, Jeff Hardy was way over around 07 or so when he was in the uh, championship hunt and feuded with Triple H and CM Punk and Edge. So I think that that would help Seth Rollins if they gave him that rub at at SummerSlam. Because I don't, I just it seems too monotonous with this Seth Rollins Marvel comic gear and the music that he has right now. I just I don't see a lot of elevation with that. And have him win the title, so so on and so forth. But I think that the authority should turn on Rollins, and if the authority turns on Rollins, oh, that would shoot him through the roof. He would he would be absolutely over. He'd be un, unquestionably one of the one of the biggest names on the roster if, if he becomes a babyface and feuds against the authority. That would be an awesome way to turn him. Absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, and, and Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose needs to be a heel. I think that uh, he works good as a heel. Uh, I think Dean Ambrose for a heel, Dean Ambrose versus Daniel Bryan. See, if I was, if I, they need to hire me as Booker. Seth Rollins, authority gets he turns on the he get the authority turns on him. That would be one of the biggest things heading to SummerSlam. Uh, another big feud I would have heading to SummerSlam would be Dean Ambrose versus Daniel Bryan, a heel Dean Ambrose versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship would be absolutely it would be perfect for me. I think that it would elevate the title and heel Dean Ambrose versus Daniel Bryan. Absolutely, uh, that that would that's money, and <laughs> not only is it money, but it, it will elevate the snot out of the uh, out of the Intercontinental Championship. So, but let's get to Raw. We don't have much time left. So we have our truth. Uh, Dean Ambrose uh, defeating Bad News Barrett. Our truth taking the title, and I called it. I was talking to a lot of my colleagues, and I and I said uh, the the I think the the people are going to be truth. Uh, um, Ziggler, Ambrose, Barrett, um, Brian, and Luke Harper. Those were my six, and I got some, you know, I got I got some heads turned against me um, uh, for Luke Harper. But I was like, you know what? I would book Luke Harper to be in that ladder match because I think for the agility that he has as a baby, as a as a big man, I think he'll work well in the ladder match. And as soon as Luke Harper came out. I said, yep, I called it. I knew he was going to be a part of it. It just fits. It just seemed right. And I'm very happy that Luke Harper is a part of the uh, the ladder match. It hasn't been official 
Um, but I, I, I'm okay with, with Luke Harper being a part of the ladder match. This has been the most attention that has been paid to Intercontinental Championship for probably 15 years. Yeah. I love I absolutely love it. That's so great. I mean, I've got like four, five, six people that are after this Intercontinental Championship. You got Ziggler come out last night. You got Dan Ambrose, Barrett, you got R-Truth. I mean, Harper. It's limitless. You can't. This is such – I'm so looking forward to this match. I mean, they've built this so well that everyone just comes out and steals the championship. Everyone thinks they deserve the Intercontinental Championship. This is what it needs. That is so absolutely brilliant to yep. build this into a WrestleMania match, especially a ladder match. I mean, WrestleMania's had ladder matches throughout the years, and that's great. They've all been spectacular. So looking forward to this because the Intercontinental Championship has been so lackluster within almost 20 years. 20 years, the Intercontinental Championship has been boring. But I'm excited for it this time. I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be awesome, Chris. And yep, totally agree. It's going, to it's going to be great. It's going to put some prestige back into it. Yep. I totally agree. Uh, I th- I'm excited. This has been one of the only times that I've actually been very excited about a Intercontinental Championship match since the days that Booker T and Chris Jericho won it. And that was, you know, I would say the I would say the Intercontinental Championship has not has not been relevant has not been very relevant for at least ten years at least because I remember back then still you had like. Um, Booker T. Well, not even no, not even then, because at that time it was around. It was like Randy Orton and Shelton Benjamin. Well, not even Randy Orton, because Randy Orton, um, he was he was really big into the Intercontinental Title scene around '03. Uh, Shelton Benjamin was still big around that time. Carlito, you know, those were you know decent. Intercontinental champions, but it wasn't really like it wasn't really the fast track to the World Heavyweight Championship. It hasn't been it hasn't been that in in, in oh fifteen years at least. You're right, but yeah, I'm really happy about this. Absolutely, totally, totally happy about it. Next trivia question: What was Double J Jeff Jarrett's theme song called? What was Double J Jeff Jarrett's theme so called Derek you cannot say anything you can't say anything you can't say anything and on to Raw got a Bray Wyatt promo um like I said you know like I said before last week I'm I'm okay with not seeing the Undertaker uh until Wrestlemania it reminds me of Wrestlemania 20 with him and Kane um you know Kane was carrying the feud until until the Undertaker Come, you know, came back at Mania, uh, and you remember when he was uh, when he was the biker taker, he cut his hair, had the had the, the crew cut look, and he grows he grew his hair back to to, to bring back the dead man uh, gimmick. So it was a good transition of not seeing Undertaker because he was totally just revamping and just kind of reincarnating his character, so to speak. And I like it here. I like the fact that 
you know, the he he cut his hair a couple of years ago, and we got the, the Uncle Fester look <laughs> in some in some in some you know regards. Uh, if you pay attention to the workout videos that uh, and the, the work the workout pictures and the videos of him and Michelle McCool the past few weeks, uh, he's got a little bit of hang time in the back of his head. And so uh, we might be seeing The Undertaker grow his hair back again a little bit, and I'll totally be okay with that. You know, the guy's reaching 50 years old, and so he didn't have much time left. Uh, But at the same time, if we got uh, Taker from a few years ago, I think think The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels series is the best we've ever seen The Undertaker at, at, at WrestleMania. But I also think that if for some reason there was like a big jump from 26 to 27. Because in 26, he still had his hair. You know, he, 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 he was it 20? Yeah, it was well, 27 to 28. Because, in, because he did Michael's back to back. He did Michael's at 25 and 26. Then he did Triple H at uh, 27 and 28. For some reason, it seemed like from 27 to 28, he just got he just looked really weak and frail. Because at 27, that match was really good. 28, the 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 story behind the Olymp- the the Hell in a Cell and Michaels being involved, that story that was probably one of the best stories and the Undertaker that the Undertaker ever had as far as match and feud is concerned. But he looks really weak at 28 in, in a lot of regards. But now, you know, he's been working out, at, you know, pretty faithful again. And he's got, you know, he looks swole again. Looks like he's in good shape. Uh, so I'm excited about, um, you know, him and uh, and Bray Wyatt. I, I think, like I said, I think they're a year too late, but I think that it could work. I think it'll work. And you got Bray Wyatt. I don't see him going over the Undertaker. In this particular match, maybe this could be Undertaker's swan song as far as, you know. Time for him to go, but I don't think so. Never will, just because that's who I am. But, yeah, (laughs) you know. You still have a bad taste in your mouth from last year when Brock Lesnar. So it's. Well, that was good for business, good for the Undertaker, and the Undertaker comes back, defeats Bray Wyatt, good for him. But still, you have that one loss. The streak is no longer relevant. You don't even think about the streak anymore. Okay, great. The Undertaker's going to be WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see the Undertaker WrestleMania. But uh, at what cost? It'll be a good casket match, whatever they want to have. And it'll be exciting. I'm a mark for the Undertaker. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. What What does that do for him for WrestleMania 32? Uh, see, I don't want to see Sting Taker. I'd totally be okay with uh, his last mania being against John Cena. I, I'd be I'd be okay with that. Taker retires next year. He goes against John Cena. At at, at uh, WrestleMania next year, and uh, you know he, he retires, he's done. Uh, Derek, what was 
Double J Def Jarrett's theme song called? Was it a B with my baby tonight? Uh, not the B part, but it was with my baby tonight. Also, ain't I great? That was one of that was that was one of them. But uh, yeah, with my baby tonight. Uh, next trivia question for the uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room and the WeAreWrestling.net uh, live stream. Who was the female member of Rights to Center? Who was the female member of Right to Center? All right, Tori so Wilson. we get into uh, – it wasn't Tori Wilson, the way you try to slide that in there. Uh, the Usos and Naomi defeating Kid Cesaro and Natalya. I like this feud. I'm glad, didn't, I'm glad they didn't do a six-man match at WrestleMania. They need to do it – they need to have the titles on the line at WrestleMania. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just really glad they didn't do a six-man match. Uh, Ivory, yes, absolutely. Um uh, question uh, posed here is Taker versus Sting would be better than Taker versus Cena. What's the point of Taker facing Cena at, at WrestleMania 32? Uh, good question. My answer to that was would be Taker, The Undertaker just getting, it's kind of like a, uh, uh, kind of like a re, re, road to recovery, or sort of, so to speak, a road to redemption, you can say, because that, bad taste that we have from the Brock Lesnar loss needs to be, you know, it's going to take a couple of years to really recover from that. So, uh, Taker, Cena, you know, Cena's, if, if, if Taker beats Sting, Sting, and everybody knows I'm a Sting mark. He's my all-time favorite, all-time favorite. But Taker beating Sting in the WWE wouldn't be as as meaningful as Taker beating Cena, especially from John, you know John Cena being you know still you know he's being the man you know he he has the baton right now Sting does not but Cena does, and so if Taker beats Cena, it would have more meaning in the WWE is concerned than Taker beating Sting. If Taker beats Sting. And I mean that really doesn't mean much. And plus, like I said last week, I do not want Sting to come back in the ring at all after this. This is a perfect feud, the perfect build. Him and, and Triple H. We only need to see Sting to have his moment in the WWE one time. He does not need to step foot in a WWE ring ever after WrestleMania, and I hope he doesn't. Uh, but Taker beating Cena, and the thing is, Cena. But the thing is, when you have a big feud leading into WrestleMania, you, you're going. You have to have a talker. I wouldn't if Taker versus Sting, especially right now. If Taker and Sting feuded, I wouldn't want any. I wouldn't want either of them to talk because the mystique is behind them not saying much or not saying anything. Especially, we we see that again with Sting. Just neither of them would talk. So how how in the world would they be able to have a meaningful conversation and neither of them talk? So um, it said, wouldn't it be better to have? Uh, wouldn't it be better to have Taker versus someone who's a great worker? Then I mean, Santa can't carry a match to save his life. I don't agree. I don't agree. And people know that I'm not a Santa guy whatsoever. But Cena's another guy that we can't we can't just totally bash Cena 
because Cena's had some really good matches with Orton. Cena's had some really good matches with Edge. Cena's had some good matches with Guerrero. So we can't. We can't, we Cena's even had some good matches with Triple H. Cena had some good matches with Shawn Michaels. So we can't. Cena's had some good matches with Jericho. Now, granted, most of the people I said Cena's had some good matches with Daniel Bryan. So we can't. We can't just bash Cena all together. I mean, he's 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 awkward in the ring. He's not very good. But when he he can go when he when he wants to go he could go and, and you know he's 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 had some good matches uh, in the span of his you know twelve plus year almost thirteen year career so we can't we can't totally just just dismiss John Cena as being a horrible wrestler we we can't do that um, but next week speaking of John Cena he has an in ring promo announces him at the uh, announces himself in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal I knew that that was going to be a joke interrupted by Stephanie and then at the end of the day it just leads to um John Cena just having a a, a different route to get to Rusev at WrestleMania I mean it's it's pretty much a given uh, the, the the bigger story is is the fame that Curtis Axel is receiving with the Axel Mania. I actually had to write an article about it because it's so fresh and and big. Uh, check out my article on Bleach Report. It says Hulk Hogan should have involvement in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, I think he should because I think that he should give Axel uh, Curtis Axel the rub. I think that Axel should win the the Battle Royal because it's just the most of it is. Most of the people in the in the battle royal are just low lower card people, anyways. Um, so you know, of course, you have like Ryback, you know, and, and people. He's probably the the highest person in the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, not including I'm sure like Big Show and probably Kane and being it. Um, but yeah, you know, mostly it's lower card wrestlers. Um, so hey, perfect time to have Curtis Axel. Just continue to be in this um, this wave of Axel Mania and have him win the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and then have Hulk, and then have him cut like a heel promo how he's better than Andre the Giant, still in the Royal Rumble, blah blah blah. He has the Axel Mania shirt on. He does the Hulk Hogan rip, and then Hulk Hogan comes out, you know, cuts a promo, gives him the big boot if he can put his leg up. Uh, or at least throw him out the ring and do a pose down. There's your feel good moment for WrestleMania concerning that segment. Otherwise, it'll just be a total. It, it it'll just be a total waste of time. It'll be a, it'll be a total waste of time. This this Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is a waste of time. It's just a bunch of people getting the WrestleMania cut and just throwing people out of the ring real quick just to have a spot filler. It's a waste of time. You have to, there's no stipulation behind it. There's nothing. And, and just a meaningless trophy that doesn't mean anything. So it just, there has to be something that comes from this. And I think Hogan being involved in a WrestleMania moment with, and, and Hogan giving Axel a rub like that, just imagine how that will help Curtis Axel. I, I think that that should happen. I don't, uh, <laughs> I I'm, I think that that should happen. Um, 
So I, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you know, I do think the battle royal is a good idea, but not for WrestleMania. I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you totally. As a comment uh, on RealWrestling.net, I agree. Just it's. I'll, I'll be okay with it if it was somewhere else, but you know, just a bunch of lower card people just thrown in for WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I can go. I, I'm I'm not totally opposed to it. My biggest opposite, my, my biggest opposition is the fact that it, it has nothing. There's no payoff. There's there's absolutely nothing to come from this at all. So that's why I think. Curtis Axel, since he's so popular right now, um, you know, it, it, it'll mean a, a bit more. Triple H in ring promo calls out Booker T, the Booker T firing thing. You know, a, a good way to use Booker T in the in this thing feud. Um, you know, it, it was good. I watched the Booker T thing on 24, Booker T on WWE 24. Really, really, really good uh, um, story with him. He's one of my all-time favorites. Big Booker T fan. Uh, Page, uh, Page defeating Nikki Bella, and then AJ comes back. Uh, we already, you know, already made, already, you know, reported that on the on, on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, a way to throw in AJ Lee, I suppose, to give her a WrestleMania paycheck. Um, yeah, not 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 too big on on this. I I would have much I would have much rather seen Paige have her WrestleMania moment uh, and winning the title than uh, having just AJ Lee thrown in there and looks looks like they're going to have a tag team match at uh, at Royal Rumble uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, Daily Show segment was cool. Uh, uh, kudos to John Seward. Really showed that he, you know, knows his wrestling. So I think that that was a really cool idea. Uh, Daniel Bryan defeating Luke Harper, more with the um, uh, more with the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, there's a bunch of people swapping titles. We talked about that. Talked about Medusa. Uh, well, Alundra Blaze being inducted in the Hall of Fame. I wasn't a big fan of that decision, but you know, I guess. That's the way the WWE works, you know. It's not, it's not a lunger blaze. It's not Medusa. It's a lunger blaze. It was totally, we knew that, you know, she was Medusa. She's mostly known as Medusa. So, Paul Heyman's promo was just. <laughs> first of all, it looks like he needed some. He needed like a ventilator or like some type of uh, uh, an oxygen mask because he just seemed like he was about to fall out. But it was that was as that was as shoot as as PG could get, and uh, he killed it. I think it was a really good job. He threw some some innuendos there of some some recent happenings of Brock Lesnar being a, a atten- attendee at the UFC uh, event. Uh, he threw some other things in there as far as uh, the whether he his situation that he's going right now as far as his his deal is concerned and how he walked out on raw so that that promo was i think that promo probably was just as good or 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 made may arguably exceeded the pipe bomb you got well, you got a base beast listen to that again that 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 was pipe bomb worthy that might even beat it 
Uh, Orton appears, uh, you know, with the with with the Rollins uh, uh, Rollins uh, piece, and then uh, Rollins and, and Roman Reigns. Uh, uh, Orton assists Rollins to to beat Roman Reigns. A, a clean, it wasn't clean, but he got pinned. Roman Reigns getting pinned is close to WrestleMania. It, you know, it's good and bad because you want to protect Roman. You want to protect Roman Reigns. But at the same time, I think just that underdog pop, uh, like I said, is one of two things that always works. The underdog pop and the art of mystique. Um, those things work. And it wasn't necessarily a clean win. And, you know, he took out the authority afterwards. So I suppose it made sense. Real quick, Flavor of the Week coming right up. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the 1994 Hall of Fame, and just all the people who were in the 1994 Hall of Fame, um, really the, uh, the the start of the, the, the Hall of Fame, um, the, the, the start of the Hall of Fame, just a tradition, and it, it was really good. And the, the, the big man on deck for the 1994 Hall of Fame was, Derek, who was he? Uh, the 1994 Hall of Fame. Andre the Giant was 93. Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Andre the Giant was 90, 93. What about 94? There was Bobo, Bobo Brazil. There you go. 94. Bobo Brazil. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that was... Yeah. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, going into the... Going into the uh, Black History Month, uh, uh, Bobo Brazil and our, uh, Arnold Scollin, uh Buddy Rogers, um, uh, and that Chief was Jay. that was really the first year. Yeah, that was really yep. Jay Strongbow, Freddie Blassie, Gorilla Monsoon, uh, James Dudley. That was really the first year that it had multiple Hall of Fame people. Of course, uh, Andre started with '93, but '94 was really the first year. Uh, that they really made it a big a big deal with multiple people. So, uh, kudos to the 1994 Hall of Fame. That's our time, ladies and gentlemen. We got to run. Uh, thank you so much again. Uh, we are wrestling dot net, bleacherreport.com, pwmania.com, and all uh, other endeavors that I do, uh, wrestling and journalism related. Thank you so much for continuing to support the show. Episode 153 in the books. Big announcements coming in the in the coming weeks. Thank you, everyone who's in the RealWrestling.net live stream and all your involvement every week with your trivia knowledge and your wrestling knowledge. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you guys. You are awesome. Until next week, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Stay loves Elijah and Ian, and God bless. Have a good week. Goodbye.